0: Obviously, I am not Bruce Martin, <laughs> so the Martin family, most of them, have a little COVID going on, so that's why he's not here this morning, I'm fine. I <laughs> <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> but I wanted to welcome everybody to worship today, so to start with, why don't you get up, let's, and introduce yourself, if you haven't, to somebody new, let's make everybody feel at home before we get started, all right? All right, hopefully you feel welcomed enough if we could take our seats. Or stay standing. Or stay standing. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start like we normally do. I'm going to open with prayer, but before we do, we have a few announcements that we need to be aware of. So um, as we get started, before I do that, The one thing is that we also have some other sickness on the other side. Gabe is at home sick with child. So he will not be here. So the junior high and high school do not have Sunday school. Everybody else will be uh, released at the appropriate time. So just keep that in mind. And are there any other announcements that we need before we have a special announcement? Okay. Um, If not, Brenda is going to come up and uh, make a couple announcements from missions concerning some opportunities we have.
1: Good morning. So I'm changing hats as I go. So just know that. It's very confusing when I do that, but I'm sorry. Um, The first one Bruce was supposed to make last week, but, you know, he had COVID and his brain just went. So next Sunday, finally, the Tunisia team is doing a presentation after the service and coffee hour. So we would love to have you there so we can explain fully what we did. And Christine's going again this year. She's already committed. So we'll be starting to pray for her and do a little fundraising for her. So I will have some items that are for sale with all the proceeds going to the Adult Mission Fund. And then, after waiting and waiting and waiting, last fall I was finally able to take the Kairos class that I'd wanted to take. And we're going to see a little video about it. I have flyers, so grab me afterward. Um, This changed my life you know i've i've been on short term trips i've whatever but god has definite plans for each of us and for most of us that's not going overseas for most of us that's other things this course really helped me figure out what god wants me doing now so we have a little video presentation
2: Is there more to our Christian life? There are thousands of cultures out there on the planet today, represented by billions of people. Most of them are still lost. More and more of them are right next door. But are we moved to act? And if not, well, why not? What's stopping us? Is it because we're simply overwhelmed? Or maybe because we don't know what to do because we're not prepared? Or is it because we're simply too busy? God, what are you doing in all of this? And how do you want me to fit in? If you've asked these questions, you're not alone. We've all struggled to understand the bigger story. From Genesis to Revelation, Scripture's overarching theme is God's relentless pursuit to restore all creation. And get this, at the heart of God's mission is you and
3: me. From the Philippines to Europe, from Canada to the Middle East, God is working through ordinary people who are aligning their stories with His. They're living in radical obedience to Jesus every day, right where they are. When we understand that the mission is God's, the weight of the world is lifted off our shoulders. Only God can save the world. You and I don't have to, but we do get to participate. The time is now. The place is here. The person is you.
2: The Kairos course lays a foundation for navigating daily decisions and major life intersections through understanding God's heart and mission in the world. Kairos course will change the way you read your Bible, teach you how to engage cross-culturally and inspire you to take action. It will help you clarify your role in God's mission and begin equipping you to carry it out. Join us for the Kairos Course.
1: Okay, our course isn't starting until toward the end of April on Thursday nights. And that seems like it's so far off. But these courses, they fill. We can only have 20 people and this one's at this church. So we would really like a lot of members of, or um, attenders at this church to take this first one. My vision is that Oregon City would be mobilized to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And so it's open to other church people, it's open to anyone who loves Jesus. We have an early bird fee that's $50 less than the normal course fee. And if that's a problem, you'll want to talk to Bruce. But it is a commitment. You have to show up every week. You have to do your homework, which takes several hours every week. But like I say, it changed my life. And not a whole lot of things do that at this age. (laughs) So I would encourage you to get a flyer. You can get more information online. You can talk to me. I know we already have a couple people signed up and it only went live on Thursday, the possibility to sign up. So um, please pray about it, consider it, get a slip from me, thank you.
0: Awesome. All right, thank you. Speaking of Kairos, which deals with God's time, what is today? Lord's Sunday. Day. And in particular, what do we do on Sundays? It is the day the Lord has made and we are supposed to do what? Rejoice. Rejoice and be glad in it. So welcome to worship. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we are just grateful to come today if we would look at it on this Memorial Day, celebrating your resurrection because it affects our lives in every way. Father, we open the doors into this place. Allow your spirit to come in and fill us, move us, Uh, anoint David Green as he preaches to us and brings the word, the music that we hear, that we can be involved and be taken up um, into your very presence. Father, we ask that you can be with the people who are sick here today, who are listening online, that they too can come to feel and see your spirit moving us today. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: Hey, let's all stand up and let's rejoice together.
3: we love you thank you father that you are creator and our sustainer and lord that this universe is all in your hands and god thank you that you your passion is to save everyone and father we just thank you for saving us and lord for the part that we all play in sharing that good lovely testimony of how you changed our hearts lord thank you so much
2: It's forgiveness the kindness of a savior
4: God. I, um, I got this. Oops. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's time. It's time for the kids to go to Sunday school. And remember, that's not uh, junior high and high school today. It's, it's just the younger kids and those of you that feel real young. <clears throat> Praise God. You guys have a good time. You're going to learn some good stuff. Yeah, you're welcome. He said, thank you. (laughs) We need to remember to say that, don't we, to the Lord. Father, this morning, Lord, I, I come to you totally amazed at what you're doing. How you put things together, how you redeem us, how you set us free from our past, and how you lead us on to become who you intended all along for us to be. And with your mighty power, you always cause that to be. Lord, I ask that this morning that the words that I share would, be, would bring light in life and joy and peace to each of us here this morning. And I know they will because they're from you. And I ask, Father, that also your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts as we hear the word, as well as uh, moving in the speaking of the word, move in the hearing of the word, and move in our hearts, Lord, to respond to your word. We love you, Lord. We know you love us. And so we've gathered today in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, usually I like to start off with something that's a little bit funny, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that wasn't funny. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I. I want to start off with something that's a little bit seriouser than you are used to hearing from me. Seriouser is a word because I'm from Missouri. <laughs> so it is an a word. <clears throat> um, but I, I want to share with you to start off with something that I am extremely well aware of. I want to share with you why would I have the opportunity to speak with you this morning? That's what I want to share with you that's not funny. I am fully qualified to do this because I know I am not qualified to do this. So it starts out like this. I was 15 years old and getting ready to go to a state music contest in high school and was pretty much scared out of my socks. And uh, then the music teacher pulled a fast one on us and scheduled a recital in front of all the parents. So we are there, and it becomes my turn to sing. And Miss Sadie Navarre, our music teacher, said, David, are you ready? And for some reason I said Yes. And that is the last thing I remember. Until she said, good job. I don't remember the music starting on the piano. I don't remember opening my mouth. I was so terrified singing in front of those to present something orally in front of my parents and all those other parents. And I was just so... Scared that I was going to mess up. Now, why does God select somebody like that to bring the Word of God to a crowd of people? Doesn't that seem like a little wrong, like he messed up somewhere? No, here's why. It's because I've never been afraid that much again because that put real fear in me, I realized I could have stood up there and never opened my mouth and totally embarrassed myself. But I made it through. And after that, I I didn't ever want to be that afraid in front of people, but I've never been real sure of myself. And that's really important. If I get sure of myself, I don't rely on God. And it's not my word I bring to you. It's God's word. So do I worry before it becomes time to do something like this and fill in for the pastor and speaking while he's gone? Because I never could fill in for him, really. Not me. But God always meets with us here. And God anoints our pastor. The anointing is the power of God on flesh to do what flesh can't do on its own. And so that's why I pray before I share the word. That's why I come here without any worry at all. Worry would be afraid that God wasn't going to show up. That would be worry. And I'm never worried about that. He's always been faithful and he always will be. Worry is... Maybe I won't have something good enough to say or encouraging enough to say to you, I don't worry about that because he has something good enough that he wants me to share with you. He has the word of life. And I just have the privilege of allowing him to work through me. Remember that when you're kind of afraid to tell somebody else about Jesus. It's not your message you're sharing. It's his. And you do not have to worry about him not showing up. He always shows up. And the results are not your problem. He takes care of the results. He gives life. He brings people to Christ. It's not us. We just get to do the little action parts but it's him that's doing the work so like Brenda shared about going on a missions trip you know I could never do that well I could never either I've been on about 10 missions trips in my life yeah and you know what all those people who got those little houses were so happy and they all asked the same question Why would you come all the way from the United States to come and help me here? And I get to tell them about God and what He's done in my life. And that's why. You have what God's done in your life to share. Don't be afraid to go on a missions trip. You're not going where God hasn't been. He's already there. And you're not talking to people who don't need God because everyone does. End of reason. You can go. If you're worried about finances, God's got enough to take care of you. Oh, really? Yes, really. You don't take a step without taking a step in faith. At anything you do. So that's what I wanted to share with you: is just how uh, afraid a person can be, and God can still use them. And by the way, courage is not a lack of fear. Courage is going ahead and doing it afraid. That's real courage. If you're not afraid, well then it's not courage. It may be idiocy to not be scared of some things. That could just be crazy. But it's right to go ahead and do whatever God leads you to do. Now, uh, Always, I, I do kind of hope that I didn't mishear God in what I was preparing. But if you remember the three songs that we sang this morning, that's the prelude to what I'm going to share. <laughs> and, of course, they had no idea what I was going to speak about. God is in charge of everything. I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 3. <clears throat> and um, in, this, in this passage, this, this section is titled a very uh, familiar title to you, To Be or Not to Be. <clears throat> Nicodemus comes to Jesus. And I'll just read it to you real quickly out of the King James Bible because that's what I have that has large print. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't walk by sight, but we kind of read by it. <clears throat> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, and no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can, he, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He's not getting this, right? Jesus answered, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it comes from or where it's going so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Thou art a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify of that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And um, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, that he, his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought of God. Now, this, this passage is one that almost everybody knows. Pastor Bruce has preached on it a couple of times, several times probably over the years because um, he goes through every book in the Bible and teaches through it. And that is the best way to learn what the Bible says is to study it very orderly and completely through. And I appreciate him teaching that way. And he does not miss things. But I'm going to point out a few highlights in here. Uh, Nicodemus is a Jewish person who is living under the law. Jesus had obviously not yet died on the cross. Um, uh, Salvation through his name had not yet been provided because he hadn't died and paid for our sins yet. Although, this is forecasting that. So, here's what he's doing. He is a Jewish man under the law, and he has been taught not only that there's Ten Commandments, but that there's over 600, and I think 617 or 19 little rules that the Jews came up with that helped them organize the law as though it needed to be organized better. And so they were real big into do's and don'ts. So Nicodemus is coming to him under that understanding. We know that you're a teacher that comes from God because no man can do the miracles that you do except God is with him. He's caught up in the do's. In verse 3, Except a man, Jesus responds with except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. You notice there wasn't a do there except to man be. How can a man be born again? In verse 4, how can a man be, can he enter, which is a do thing, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and then be born again? <clears throat> how can these things be? He's starting to shift from do to be because he's, Just beginning to understand, wait a minute. This is not the realm I usually deal with. I'm all caught up with doing, 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 doing. And keeping the law. And knowing that I've done the right thing. And keeping score on myself my whole life. And you're talking about being which comes about by something that's absolutely impossible. What are you talking about? And Jesus comments about heavenly things in verse 12 and verse 14. Jesus reveals his future death. That as Moses was to be, had the serpent lifted up, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And then in verse 15, believing moves us from death to life or from natural to supernatural. From being born as a human being to being born again. Do you recall the songs we sang this morning? This is what it takes to see the kingdom of God. Being born again. And it's not a doing thing. Pastor has told us that over and over and over. One of the... the, most important main thing that's a difference between our religion and the rest of the world's religions, they're all based on stuff you have to do. And this is based on who you become because of what Jesus did. God does the doing in this. Okay, verse 16. God is doing. Verse 16 is on the wall. It's written plainly on the wall. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. It is His plan and His way. Now, for those of you that know the Bible some and think back through and you go, wait a minute. Now, God put... Adam and Eve in the garden told them not to sin but kind of knew they were going to and then uh, he sacrificed an animal to shed blood to demonstrate that's what has to happen to cover sin and made them aprons of the animal skin and then uh, he gives the law later and that doesn't work because everybody just knows yep I'm breaking the law (laughs) I'm doing the wrong thing or look at me I kept the law today. I'm doing the right thing. And it's all on doing, 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 doing. But the law, the Bible says, the law came that sin might abound. In other words, uh, you're driving down the freeway and do you know you're going too fast? Uh Uh-huh. Because there's signs. That's what the law is. The law is the signs saying, yep, you're out of bounds. (laughs) You're doing the wrong thing. And it doesn't make you feel better. And it doesn't bring life. And it doesn't cause you to enjoy life. It causes you to walk in in trepidation. Like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to do the wrong thing. Oh my, what if I do that? Am I then just like out? Is God just like out with me because I did the wrong thing? That's what the law does. But this is something totally different. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God didn't, verse 17, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. The law already did that. But he, he didn't want to condemn the world but so that the world through him could be saved. This is a mercy and grace trip Let me put it in different terms to fit what Brenda said. This is God's mission trip to us. Jesus came on God's mission trip to us and brought the possibility of life, real life, unconcerned about maybe God won't love me if I make a mistake. No, God's going to love you anyway. His love is eternal. It's never going to change. He loved us before we were saved. He doesn't stop loving you if you mess up. Does He want you to mess up? No. He doesn't want you to mess up. He wants to help you make right choices, and He's got you covered when you don't. That's pretty cool. God takes the I've got to do this out of me and puts into me I'll do this through you. I'll do this in you. I'll help you be who you're designed to be. A human being in relationship with me. That's what I'm after. I love you. And I want you to be the best you that I can help make you. That I can help create in you. I can put new life in you, life that is holy, that didn't come from decisions you make and things you do, but it comes because I have bestowed on you life, and that abundantly. Satan comes as an accuser of the brethren. Jesus comes as a deliverer and forgiver of the brethren. Whole different method. Praise God for that. Praise God. So then believing to believe and you are not condemned in verse 18. Not believing and you're condemned already for not accepting the only begotten Son of God. Jesus revealed something right there that was a trigger point. Do you know what he set up there? He set up his own death. He sealed it right there. Why did the Jews want him crucified? Because he said, "I'm the son of God." Oh, no, no person can be that. No. He deserves to die. He we got to get rid of this guy. He set up his own death. To pay the price for my sin. And I think about that every day. He set up his own death. To pay for my sin. And then verses 19 through 21. He, uh, he shares about the difference between light and darkness. And why people don't want to be around the light. It's because their deeds are evil. Again, what you do seems to overshadow your life. Come into the kingdom of God. Come into the kingdom of God. Come into the kingdom of God. Walk in the fullness of what God's trying to provide to you. Not based on what you do. There is therefore now no condemnation to him that is in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? There's no condemnation. God is not condemning you. If anybody's qualified to judge you and condemn you, it's Him. And He's not condemning you because He loves you. He's bringing you out of darkness and into light. He's letting you walk free from the guilt of everything you've ever done that was not right. And listen to the power of the cross and everything you will ever do that is a wrong choice. He loves you. He doesn't stop loving you because of this. And this sounds like it doesn't fit right here, but it does. Did you know Walmart has associates? God doesn't have associates. He has family. Beloved, now are you the sons of God. It doesn't yet appear what you shall be, but when you will see Him, you'll be like Him. Because you'll see him even as he is. Do you understand what he's doing? He's welcoming you in his family. And you don't get kicked out because you didn't clean your room. You You don't get kicked out because you didn't eat all your vegetables. He loves you. And he's adopted you in his family. And you're a keeper. He's keeping you. Because he loves you. He's not condemning you. People may condemn you, but I don't care what they think anymore because I know who loves me. I know what family I'm in and I'm not getting kicked out because I didn't eat my vegetables. That's powerful if you ever get a hold of who has gotten a hold of you you don't ever need to be afraid in the presence of God do you think he doesn't know what you thought do you think he doesn't already know what you've done and what you will do and he's chosen you anyway he knew every mistake you would make in the future every sin you would commit in the future and he still welcomed you in he still welcomed me in pastor stands up here several times a year and says I've sinned I do things that aren't right once in a while and I ask God to forgive me he does nobody's perfect but Jesus there's no other perfect people just Jesus and everyone else in this room is not Jesus including me and everyone who's listening is not Jesus but everyone who's listening is loved. There's not one that's not loved. There's not one whose sin that they've committed or sins that they've committed are more powerful in God's sight or more important in God's sight than the death, burial, and resurrection of his own son. That's more important in God's sight than any wrong you could have ever done. It is more powerful. Now, I would like to turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So this this portion is called born of the spirit, the source and the process. How is it, since obviously Nicodemus was wrong, you can't enter into your mother's womb and be born again, how is it you can be born again? It's very easy. For by grace... Are you saved? God did the work. And he bestows the work on us. And you're saved. You're born again through faith. And that's not even from you. Faith is something you don't do. Faith is something God gives you. It is a gift of God. The Bible even says, and if you're wondering, if anybody in here has not accepted Jesus as their Savior, you're wondering, well, I I don't know if I have enough faith to do that. Oh, yes, you do, because to every man is given the measure of faith. There's no one that cannot believe. He doesn't take away your free will. You can choose not to believe, but there's no one that cannot believe. Now, just as a quick example... Uh, I worked with a man down in Albany, Oregon uh, in a metallurgical lab. His name was Dave, as is so many of us in here. And in that lab, there were five Daves. That was confusing, but I always knew which one I was. Some reason I just had that figured out when I went there. But there were a lot of Daves. And one of these Daves was the nicest man I have ever met. He was kind. He was funny. He was a really great person and a devout atheist. He cornered me one day, and he said, after we'd known each other maybe mm, almost a year, he said, i got to talk to you about something. He said, you, uh, you seem to be pretty intelligent. And, uh, you know, he said, actually, you're, you're quite intelligent, but and you seem like sort of a normal person. And then he went, like any of us in here are normal. But, you know, he, he was just a funny guy. He was a great guy to talk to. He goes, y- you seem like a normal kind of average person and smart, and how in the world can you believe this God thing as a normal person. How could you do that? Basically, he was saying, if somebody's a Christian, there's got to be something wrong with them <laughs> or they're just not real bright. And, uh, and I said to him a most confusing, perplexing thing. I said, well, Dave, it's because I don't have as much faith as you do. And he said, What? What do you mean? And I said, well, you're a scientist. You work in this lab every day. You do all these tests, and you count on the laws of science and and mathematics to always be accurate, not changing, always being right. And I know that you believe in evolution, as a source of life? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, but you're a scientist. Science says that for life to start on its own without any outside intervention would be one chance in 10 to the ninth power. He goes, "Mm, yeah. But over the, you know, eons and decades and, yeah. Uh and I and I said, but you know what one chance out of ten to the ninth power is, right? That's called a mathematic impossibility. It means it can't happen. Well you know, I said, Oh. You really believe in that? Well also you do know the second law of thermodynamics, right? I mean, you're a scientist. Yeah, yeah, the law of atrophy. I said, that's right. Everything goes from more complicated to less complicated if nobody bothers it. So you put a nail out on the sidewalk and after a while it will turn to a pile of rust. And never could you put a pile of rust out on the sidewalk and have it eventually turn into a nail. It doesn't go that way without intervention. Everything has to go from more complex to less complex. Now, how is it that life is going to start with a law like the second law of thermodynamics being in place and it being a a mathematical impossibility anyway? How are you going to do that? Because no one was there to do that. How are you going to do it? Who's going to suspend the second law of thermodynamics to let this happen once? Oh, and wait a minute. There's all these different kinds of animals, and there's not a missing link. There's missing links between every kind and every other kind. What? I said, do you know any dog elephants? Have you ever found any skeletons of any dog elephants? There's no dog elephants. Every kind after its own kind. Just like God said he created them. And Oh, and guess what? All of this has to happen over and over and over and over and over and in the right order or lions are come along with nothing to eat. It's all explained in the Bible and it's very clear that God made everything and he made them in the right order. How can you believe that and be a scientist? What great faith you must have. And he just stood there stunned like, his mouth was open. He's just like baffling, and I think his change may have happened in how smart I was in his view. <clears throat> but anyway, like he may not have thought I was so smart after all, because that was just dumbfounding. <clears throat> but anyway, an interesting thing happened after I left that company and went to Iowa and went into ministry. Uh, I had before I left, just before I left. Uh, The person he had ridden with to work for 15 years, he knew her very well. She was hurt. She had her back injured severely. She finally had been able to come back to work, but only for part of a day. And she was just in excruciating pain. And I was led to go to her and ask her, I was led by God to go to her and ask her, Would you like God to heal you? And she said, I'll take anything. I'm just hurting so bad. I said, okay, that's all it takes. If you'll take anything, God wants to do that, and I'm nobody, but I'll pray, and he'll do the rest. And I just prayed for her a little child's prayer. Dear Jesus, please heal her. Amen. (laughs) Little child's prayer. When I got to Iowa to go into ministry, I received a letter from her. The day you prayed for me, the pain went away. And I was afraid to say anything because I kept thinking I would jinx it and it would come back. So I didn't say anything for a while, but I started being able to work all day, every day. And then Dave and I started writing. I've been telling him about it every day since then, how God healed me. Do you understand how far out God will go to help you reach the lost? I don't know if Dave ever became a Christian, but I can tell you he received a witness that he could not argue with. He knew that lady, and he knew the truth. There was a miracle that happened, and he knew the truth. Praise God. God loves us so much. So it is by faith that we are born again, And and faith is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So none of us have this huge amount of faith because we're all that. We have it because it's a gift from God. The source is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The source is the grace of God. It is directly from God. And the process or mechanism is faith, and that is a gift of God. It's not our accomplishment. Acts chapter (laughs) seventeen. Acts chapter seventeen, verse twenty eight. Now, continuing in the Christian life to grow and mature, develop as a Christian. How does that happen? Well, you've got to try really hard. You've got to do all the stuff yourself. No, not yet again. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. It comes from God. It all comes from God. Being born again comes from God. Being changed comes from God. Growing as a Christian comes from God. It all comes from God. It doesn't come from what we accomplish. We don't take the bow at the end of our life and say, I did it my way. I take no bow at the end of my life. And I want to tell you now, I tried my best to let him do it his way in my life. That's all I did was let him be my God. Let Jesus be my Lord. Let him develop in me what he needs to develop in me because he knows what I need to develop better than I know. I don't see my own faults as easy as he does. Okay. These are not the results of my abilities or my nature or my tendencies, or effort, but it's all by the Spirit of God. This is all the function of it from and by the Holy Spirit of God. John chapter fifteen, verses one through nine. We'll we'll wrap this up pretty quick here. This is the last key to hanging on to developing, living in the new birth. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the husbandman. And every branch that bears not fruit is taken away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring more fruit. In other words, if, if part of your life is stopping you from being able to progress he'll prune that off he'll he'll clean that up for you let me just remove that for you and sometimes he does that by exposing it i have experienced that when i was wrong when i was doing wrong god just simply exposed it and made it known i'll tell you what that'll help you (laughs) that will help you. Now, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches and he that abideth in me and, and he abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing. <clears throat> If, uh, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth his branch and is withered, and men gather them, cast them into fire, and they are burned. If, he abide, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in Continue you in my love. An amazing, amazing thing. Some of us feel like that we should be able to live this Christian life. It is a human tendency when we start to get something, when we're being taught something, We like to be able to say, no, no, don't help me anymore. I got this. I can do this now. That is a human tendency. Whether you're a kid learning to ride a bike or you're a Christian learning to live a Christian walk, our tendency is, okay, God, okay, I got it. I'll do this. I'll do this right. You can't. You bear fruit by abiding in the vine. You cannot bear fruit any other way. You can only bear fruit by abiding in the vine. The fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians, is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. We all have that down, right? No. Nor do we ever have that down on our own. It is Christ. And the light of Christ that lives through me. And this is the clincher that should settle it all for every one of us. When Jesus was asked about this and the words he said and the things he did he said this now this is the Son of God the only begotten Son of God and he says I do what I see my Father doing. I say what I hear my Father say. If anybody ever in all of history could have done this on their own, it would have been Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. But He said, no, 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 not on my own. I only do what the Father shows me. And I only say what he tells me to say. If Jesus needed to do that, I need to do that. And not think anything about I can do this on my own. You never see an apple tree out in the field going, I got to make apples. I just got to. And this branch coming out going, I'm going to make apples. Forget that tree trunk over there. I'm going to make... You never see that or hear that happening and never is there any fruit from it. We have to abide in Him and He abides in us. It's not called the fruit of the Christian. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. I try to do this on my own and I remain alone and I have no fruit in my life. Only as I abide in Him and His Word abides in me then there's fruit. Praise God. Did you enjoy this this morning? Yeah, I I did. I did because I needed to find out for me and be reminded for me every day it's not me but it's Christ that lives in me. Any good thing you might see in my life That's from Christ. And if you're watching my life and there's any bad thing you see, that's not from Him. That's where I tried to do it on my own and it did not turn out well. God is good. And He's all powerful. He lets us have our free will and we get to walk with Him. We get to live and abide in Him. And the product of His faithfulness and His Spirit comes out in us. It is so relaxing to be a Christian and know God's got this. So when it comes time for me to speak, I don't worry. Do I study? Oh yeah. Do I pray? Oh yeah. (laughs) Lots. Because I know I don't even have the ability to sing in front of people without total embarrassment. And yet, I don't even sing karaoke. Anyway, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to uh, leave that with you this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love, the great love you've loved us with. You've loved the whole world. And anyone who can and wants to can come to you because you've made a way. Anybody who wants to believe but they don't have the faith right now, they can ask you, God, and you will help their faith. It is, it's written in the scripture, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So I'm asking, Father, that that you would help anyone here this morning who has not made a decision or anyone watching on the Internet who has not made a decision to accept Jesus as their Savior. I ask you, Father, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would give them the faith. They've heard the word. Cause that to produce faith in them, Lord that they can receive you. It's what your desire is, is to bring life to them. It's what your desire is, to free them of any guilt from all of the past. That's what you had to do for me. Every one of us in our family heritage has the exact same source, the foot of the cross. And we just ask, Father, that you would give people the courage to make you the Lord of their life. Praise you, Lord. I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for your love that you've loved us with. In Jesus' name. Would you you all stand with me, please? I'd like us all to, uh, everyone, everyone who is a Christian and anyone who wants to be a Christian, I'm going to ask you to pray with me if you would. And let's just take advantage of the love that God offers us. Would you join with me in prayer? Go ahead and let's all just pray aloud together. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of anything I've done wrong. I ask you, Father, to cleanse my heart. I ask you to bring me in right relationship with you and let your life flow through me. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me. And paid the price for all my sins. And I just ask that I be forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. And help me to make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Um, we're going to receive communion this morning. Uh, you, can, you can be seated for now I guess. Uh, we're going to receive communion this morning. Who's helping with that? Do you know? You don't know. Uh,
3: just just invite, have everybody... Give the invitation and we'll come on in. Uh, huh? Everybody comes up.
4: Yes, everybody comes up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so when we, when we receive communion in this church, we get up row by row and, and come and um, participate in the communion. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me bring this. Jesus gave us this, uh, this example at the Last Supper, and it is repeated uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 20, 24, uh, 23. In this way, Paul teaches, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had broken it, when he had broken it, demonstrating that his body was to be broken, he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And then afterwards, the same manner, he also took the cup and when he had supped, ah, there we go, there we go, he took the cup and when he had supped, saying, this, is th- this cup is the New Testament or new covenant in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Praise God. Father, I ask that you would bless this communion time, that, Lord, we would remember you and remember the great sacrifice you paid to adopt us into your family and to make us new creatures in Christ Jesus. Help us to remember the great sacrifice in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. need to receive communion that wasn't able to come up, be glad to bring that to you. Because we are all one body. No one should be left out. I'm sorry I omitted that earlier. Father, thank you Lord for your amazing grace. Thank you for your love that you loved us with. An unending love. Thank you that you'll be forever mine and I'll be forever yours. I will be forever yours, Lord. And I just pray that you would bless these folks that have come out today. Thank you for all your loving care in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Free to go. Thank you so much for being patient with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you all.